always the awkward part where I get everyone started on Facebook. So today I am joined by the amazing Jared Wiseman. Jared was actually just up the road in Burley and we started talking we're like wait we should do this live it'll be so easy (laughs) and we've spent the last hour trying to make the camera and the lights talk to each other. So if we look a bit awkward we are. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, But let's get going on the Barrels and Business podcast. So As always, I'm your host, Jade Green, and my job here on the Barrels and Business Show is to bring you an hour or so of entertainment and most importantly, tangible tips on how you can increase your business and your barrels. (laughs) Although I'm not the right person to give that advice, but we've got a coach coming to you real soon that's going to help with that and give you a bit of entertainment. So we want this to be a fun listening experience. We've promised to be raw, candid, uh, all holds but we're just going deep. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so Jared here has just told me that he's never had a real job. He kind of worked in a cafe once. That wasn't really his thing. So from about 13, 14, he decided that work thing's just not for me. I'm, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I want freedom. And I live in Tasmania and the surf like only comes now and then. And I need to be able to go and chase it. So he just went, fuck this work thing. I'm going to do my own thing. So Jared is also a loving and dedicated father of three now. Yeah. Yes. Four if you count my fur baby. You have a fur baby as yeah, well? Yeah. Yep. Black lab baby. She's my first child. So um, yeah, Aww. she's a little bit neglected these days, but you know, she gets plenty of love still. <laughs> she gets plenty of love? Yeah. I hear you're a pretty awesome husband as well. So, yeah. Well, I'll say that. <laughs> that's what, actually, it was him that told me. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. We should get your wife in. Let's, I'm sure she'll back it up. You reckon she'll back it up? Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps. Depends what day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna dive into a bit of the relationship stuff because what's great is Jared and I are actually in the same coaching program. And all good coaches have a coach, right? To, to push you, to learn from. And one of the key things, I think, well, for me, specifically being in the group coaching program is being able to have connections and you being the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And we were like, didn't know what each other did, really. And then we started talking about this and went, wow, the value alignment. So tell us a little bit about what you do, who are you as a coach and why did you go, ah, there's alignment there? Yeah, well, um, for me, I mean, you touched on it earlier, but I guess life's all about, you know, living living your best life, if you like, and what what is it that you really want? And so something that I've aspired to from a very young age was, uh, to live life on my terms, I guess. And, you know, here we are 30 degree day by the beach, having a chat. Uh, this is, this is work. Um, but I've, I've designed it. Office too, yeah, yeah, it? I know. yeah. Uh, I've, I've designed it and I've created, created this. And so for me, I guess, uh, what inspires me these days is to literally help other people do the same thing. Um, life's way too short to, you know, trade away years, decades, doing something that you hate. Uh, you know, we see it all, all too often. So, you know, it's something I'm really passionate about and uh, business business for me is a, is a passion and, and it's also a vehicle to, to help people, you know, to be able to live that life, uh, whether it be go surfing, whether it be, you know, uh, picking up your child from school or, you know, soccer dad as I will be this afternoon with, with my <laughs> under six boys. Uh, that's to me what, what it's all about. 
Awesome. Okay, so when we were talking about you as a 12, 13 year old going, now nah, that job thing's not going to be my reality. <laughs> talk us through that journey. Talk, bring, bring the surfing that you're telling me into it because Tasmania and surfing to me just, I lived in Tasmania for a really short period of time. It was really fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, summer's, summer's beautiful down there. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I remember and I've shared this story with a few people and one of my best mates, Ben, uh, him and I, we used to, I can, I can distinctly remember getting yelled at by a particular teacher. I think we were in maths. And all we were talking about was like coming up with business ideas or business concepts or like, how can we, how can we create something so we never have to work? And by work, we mean, I guess at that age, it was do something that you hate because that's effectively what, you know, a lot of formal education uh, grooms people for is to be great employees and, and to trade your time for money and, you know, that is the whole school system, isn't it? Let's just indoctrinate you to respond to a bell, do as you're told, regurgitate yeah. the shit that we want, only think when we want you to think. So yeah. I go on a rant about school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, I, uh, <laughs> and uh, to be clear, I've got a lot of teacher friends, but, uh, you know. And, and I'm and, speaking at a graduation yeah. on Wednesday night. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it was um, just something from, from a very early age that uh, I saw I saw my father, you know, Dad, if you're watching, I uh, saw my father just despised you know his 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 sundays uh leading into you know a new week of of work uh, and i guess i had a lot of struggles with that thing and it, and i remember at a younger age crying to my mom saying i don't want to grow up i don't i just i don't want to grow up because i could see what the average adult yeah. um live life and what their life was like and i'm like i, I don't like I, yeah i don't want to do that and for me school uh you know, I made a lot of great friends and a lot of great memories and, you know, great stories and all that. But uh, I, I just, I did not like the concept of school. Uh, I didn't like the concept of, you know, you put your hand up when you want to go to the toilet. You you, you were told when you are, when you will eat. And, and I don't think it was a, you know, something against authority or anything like that. It was just, I guess the, the, for me, it was almost like that was a taster for what the rest of your life could look like if mm. you just go down that path. And so that's where, uh, for me, I was always inspired to to do that. And, and we we're just talking before, it's like if we use surfing as the example, uh, you know, where I'm from in Devonport and Tasmania, it's like say the middle of middle of winter, for instance, uh, or any time really. You don't often get that good a surf there. Now, if we're talking uh, west coast of Tasmania, some of the best surf in the planet. East Coast can get very good as well, but that's, you know, a three-hour drive from where we were on. So when the surf was on, uh, you had to be ready. Where's Shipstones in uh, So that's Devonport? that's down south. The other side, Yeah, so it? that's down the bottom. Yeah. Uh, west Coast. Hang on, what way? That's north. But anyway, West, yeah. west Coast. East Don't coast. look at that because I've got a compass over here and it's all sorts of fucked up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> it's north, on the wrong north, wall. North up there. Uh, so, yeah, it's like if, if you wanted, say, to surf, then you know, you needed flexibility to be able to go when, when you wanted. And, and, you know, say in winter, the daylight wasn't, wasn't that long. So again, I, I just wanted a life where if the surf was on and I wanted to go surfing, then that's what I was going to do. Uh, and for me, sport was a big part of that uh, training. I've been an athlete majority of my life. And that was the same thing is like, I wanted to create a life around the things that you're passionate about. And so, um, yeah, that was that was kind of where it started, I guess, is at a very young age in in terms of 
probably not specifically knowing exactly what I wanted or how I wanted, but I certainly knew what I didn't want. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I guess I'm proud to say I've never had a job in my life other than a, a small little cafe that um, probably wasn't overly enjoyable, but you know, I learned, learned some stuff as well. So then talk me through finishing high school. How did you start your first business? How old were you? Uh, so I actually went to, went to university to study business and, uh, I, at that point, again, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted, but I, I had I had a lot of uh, desire to learn business mm -hmm. uh, and I, I didn't really know much more at that point. But ironically, it didn't teach me a thing about <laughs> business, right? Uh, it was a great three and a half years. I, uh, I failed financial management, which which uh, made, meant I had to go a bit longer. So dad being a financial planner his whole life is very proud of that. Um, the moment that I knew that I wasn't made for going, doing my MBA was when the Dean sat me at his desk and asked me to do an algebra test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> MBA business. So I'm going to opt out and do an entrepreneur studies yeah. instead. I mean, I don't, I certainly don't regret it in the sense that it did teach me a lot about being resourceful. And if you need certain information, then you can go and find it. And, and again, made some lifelong friends there and, and it's all part of the learning journey that uh, you, ca you can't learn business uh, from a textbook. You know, it's something that I think you have to get your hands dirty. And so I, I went to uni, got that, ticked that off. And at that time, my brother, who was actually living up here in Queensland, he was, he was doing this personal training thing, which was, which was quite a new thing, if you like, in, in Australian terms. There was a few around, but it certainly wasn't like what it was today. And uh, we... Well, he moved back to Tasmania and we'd encourage him to come back and say, look, no one's doing it. Why don't you give give that a crack down here? And so he started doing that. I finished uni and thought, well, I'm really passionate about health. At that point, it was probably more about fitness and strength and how that equaled health for me at that point. Why not Why not put these business skills into something that, that I'm passionate about? And so that's, that's where we started. And uh, my brother, you know, as far as building a business and I still use a lot of these principles today is it was all about just getting people results and those people then told other people. And so we built up to just the two of us. I was early twenties and he's three years older than me. And we, we had a waiting list of, it got up to 117 people, a waiting Whoa. list to get into us as personal trainers in a, yeah. in a, in a small city of 20, 25,000 people. Um, and so Obviously, we've got that demand. We booked out. Uh, that was kind of the line in the sand moment to go, do we keep this nice controlled little thing here where it's just us and, and whatnot? Or do we do we grow and scale it and, and you know, bring on uh, employees? And obviously, that's um, another journey again. So we decided to go down that path. And yeah, we, we were in business together for 12 years. My brother still runs that business. Really? Um, currently, yeah. So. And you um, didn't kill each other? No, and it's something we both, well, I speak for him, but I, uh, I know I'm certainly really proud of the fact that family and business is usually a, a no-go thing. And I, I probably, to be honest, don't recommend it. But um, yeah, we, we, we had a really close relationship and literally a handful of probably disagreements over that time. And, uh, you know, I think our personalities work really well together in, in that, you know, we're not too alpha males or anything like that it was we would always communicate and work things out really well and, and even when it sort of got to the end when i knew my time was up in the business that we handled it really really well and and you know it was still super close 
today, even though, you know, we, we don't probably talk as often as we should and whatnot, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, some, some really good memories and, and, you know, a ton of learning over that time, more so of probably what not to do and what, you know, the mistakes and the learning and all of that stuff. But it's, it's, I was only saying to a client this morning, it's like those, you know, the toughest clients you've got or the toughest situations you go through in business, they are literally gold. They're your best They're lessons the best. that you yeah. you ever get, as hard as it is to see. Um, you know, I, I've, if you have that mindset, right, if you have the mindset to go, what's what's the magic in this, and then apply that, it, it's it's the best thing that can ever happen to you. So let's dive on to that. Um, it was really funny because I said to you, I was out with the surf coach this morning and all the kids um, that are in the sort of alternate pathway, it's not really the right way, um, different style of schooling. So they do, they do surf coaching in the morning and they um, go and do job placement during the week and everything. But the whole idea is these kids, they love their surfing and one of them wants to be sponsored. Yep. He really wants to be sponsored, but he will not fucking go back into the beach and get his feedback from the coach. Like he does not want to be told when he's done something wrong. He only wants the the positive recognition. Like, and to the point that he was, it was a shock when he paddled in today when the coach called him in and he actually, everyone went, what's going on? Like, you've got to be willing to to look at the the perceived failures or just what didn't work. Yeah. And if you're not willing to look at what didn't work and and dive into it and go, okay, what's the lesson in this for me? What what can I take out of it? Even if it's hurt, even like sometimes when it's really hurting and yeah, it's really absolutely. shit, like maybe a relationship breakdown or something. If you can't have the, I want to say the balls, to, to put your ego aside and sit in the discomfort of either receiving the feedback or really analyzing where were you at cause, like what could you have done differently or hindsight's 2020, what would you do to change? Then, then it is a fail. But yeah. if not, it really is that, that opportunity and that's where the best growth comes from. And have you heard of Kenso and Satori? No. Growth I don't think so. Um, so Kensho is like growth through pain. Yeah. Um, and Satori is more a prolonged. And so you can have these these sudden awakenings and, and sometimes it's those most dark or hurtful or what seems like business ending, relationship ending events that if you if you can sit in that pain and look at it and go, what is the lesson? Where is the blessing? Like this all happened for a reason. What sort through all the shit? Where yeah. is it? Yeah. Then that's when you can have that escalated growth. Yeah. And I mean, you can apply that to anything. It's like, so I guess as a personal trainer, you, you, what I loved about that is that it was the first step, I suppose, to working with someone one-on-one where you just, you you're literally digging deep into their soul. You know, you've, you're finding out everything about them, you know, I knew a lot of deep, dark secrets about different people through the community and whatnot. And obviously you would never say anything to anyone about it, but. Cause really part of your job as a personal trainer is the therapist. Right? Oh, absolutely. Same as a hairdresser. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my mum was a hairdresser and she said exactly the same oh. thing. It's that people are looking to, to open up and it was crazy how quickly people actually would this sort of oh hi how you going and all of a sudden boom oh. they tell you everything and you're like whoa okay yeah. um but i love that stuff and it's what's kind of pushed me to do what i do today because i was just intrigued with what 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 is it that breaks people down or, or where you get the result mm. if we use weight loss as an example there's not if there's not a billion different resources of how to lose weight you know it's it's everywhere but why is two thirds of the population overweight or obese? Yeah. Um, and that's what 
that's that's what intrigued me so much with why am I telling these people this stuff and they're not not doing it um and going back to our original point here was like the 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 key difference that I noticed with people that got results versus the people that didn't, um, and there's a great book on this, so it, it was extreme ownership. Yeah. It was it was just owning your shit. And like, I would have people come in that would sit down and there'd be 150 kilos and tell me they're eating perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and they the, the thing was, they legitimately believed that yep. because they conditioned themselves to, to believe that story. Um, have you heard of Mel Robbins? Coach. Yeah, yeah, ten, uh, she's the 10 second. Yeah, five seconds, uh, I think. Five seconds, five seconds, yeah, sorry. Um, but she's, I've got, doubled it. she's got a um, uh, Audible exclusive book called Kick, I think it's called Kick Ass Coaching with Mel. And she is fucking brutal. It's amazing. Yeah. And she has an example on there of a person that's not losing weight, not losing weight, say she want to lose weight. And she like really delves in and she uncovers the real reason why she doesn't want to lose weight. She loves the attention. Husband yeah. runs around. She's like over, overweight, overweight, and yeah. so I'm too tired. I'm too sore. And she said, so it doesn't serve you to lose weight because then no one's going to be running around. Yeah, that's like well, Tony Robbins would talk about. It's it's the need for significance, and you see that a lot. This is controversial, guys, Fuck but with uh, <laughs> with you see it with mental illness, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not saying that people don't have mental illness and it's not a real thing. Of course it is, but I know a lot of people that gain a lot of significance out of. I'm so depressed. I'm so anxious, and it's it's yep. something we all have to uh, constantly be, pardon the pun, shining the light on ourselves <laughs> yeah. with, um, with you know, listening to your stories and listening to to your stuff. Um, going back to the extreme ownership was uh, that was, you know, something I just I can distinctly remember certain clients that when they owned it, when they didn't make excuses, when they just said, yes, this is what I did. This is what I, um, you know, I didn't do. They got the results, yeah. you know, and, and whenever I've done that for myself and really step into that place, it just feels so damn good. Uh, we're talking about business and feedback and, and when you don't do things well, if a client complains or whatever it is, like you just, you just have to listen and go, okay, what, what is it that they're really saying? Sometimes it can be a cry for help. Yeah. Um, but there's always gold in there. There's always stuff that you go, okay, what can I do? Don't get me wrong. There's always pains in the ass that maybe it's not your thing. So it's not, it's not 100% all the yeah. time, but you know, there's usually always some sort of gold in it. Yeah. Well, I always say with the being, looking at where you're at cause. So rather than the blame of fault, like sometimes, you know, shit happens, my computer breaks or <laughs> the, you know, but you go, okay, well, what, what could I have done to mitigate that risk? Where was I at cause? Like, could I, okay, should I have checked that updates are being done or should I have checked recalls or what is it that, that safeguards and it allows you to go back and go, okay, well, next operating system that I do, I'm going to upgrade for this. Where where was I at cause? What could I have affected? What do I keep, delete and start doing yeah. to, to move forward? Sometimes you go, you know, okay, virus hit. I know we weren't going to talk about this. <laughs> Borders close. Um, but it's talking about the client. And we go, okay, yeah, that's going to shut down business. There's nothing you can do about it right now. But to make ourselves safeguarded for the future or if something else happened again or to have an extra revenue stream, what do we need to do? Right, we need to get the traditionally one-on-one or face-to-face business and we need to get it online and this is our opportunity to do so. And this could be the biggest gift because staying through and then having that as well as on the other side rather rather than... Totally yeah, and that, I guess the other extension of that is 
how much do you focus on the problem versus the solution? And so there's a number of people that will go, oh my God, what did I do? What did I do wrong? Oh my God, there's this, 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 that, that's great. that blame. Yeah, that's right. You've got to identify that, but then it's like, what, what's the actual solution? And that took me quite a while in business to do that. I would naturally ego would say, oh, that's bullshit. Like that, no, that, that's not how it works. They're just complaining. They're doing this, they're doing that. And this goes for staff as well. And, and, and different things you would naturally always want to just put up your, your guard and, and, and point the blame at someone else. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, as I said, it's, it's so liberating when you just take responsibility. Yeah. Uh, well, it's taking the power back, isn't it? It's totally. And, and it just, it just does the complete opposite. And, uh, again, we weren't going to talk about it, but it was funny because I was reading the book extreme ownership at the same time when there was a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in politics here in Australia. And I certainly don't want to bring up politics, but it was like, I'm, I'm watching these people. I'm like, not one of them is taking any responsibility for anything. It's always, yeah. oh, no, it's them. It's not, it's them, yeah. you know? And I'm teaching my three-year-old this stuff. Um, so it's crazy how many, how many full-grown adults yeah. just don't understand that concept of just own, own your stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's massive, yeah. On that, being a dad, um, what's some tips for, say, parents with, with teaching kids and what age do you think you start... Um, introducing the concept of extreme ownership and and looking at these things. Yeah, I mean, as as soon as possible. It's like like fatherhood for me is just the best thing ever. Like it's it's so damn good, and it's also so damn hard. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I got to so my eldest child Murphy. He was. I think it was two, and I remember hearing people talk about the terrible twos, and I'm like, that's a that's a that's a story. That's yeah. that's a belief. That's bullshit. I'm not going to buy into yeah, into that's not my that reality. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I heard, I actually heard a friend say, I call it the terrific twos, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm I'm going to do I'm that too. That and then boom, it was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, what has just happened? And you talk about leadership. Like I've never had a bigger challenge in my life than than as a dad. Now I'm consciously aware. I'm someone who's constantly thinking of what can I do better? How could I have handled that better? But I, I had this two-year-old that I would say something like, stop yelling. And he'd say, ah! yeah, he'd be yelling at me. And I'm like, hang on, who am I, who am I to tell this kid to stop yelling when I'm yelling? Yeah. And so, as I said, I've never had a more powerful kind of mirror yeah. in front of you where you're like, everything and knowing what I know, they talk about how much your, your unconscious mind is, is built in that first six years. And like, man, I go to bed quite often where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that because because you, you see it. And then you do a lot of self-reflection yeah. as well uh, in terms of your own stuff and your own crap in your own uh, mind. And, and I, I find it in some weird kind of ways a little bit cleansing. You know, it's, it's, it's like you've had a restart where it's like I've got this, this beautiful, perfect child that's born that all of a sudden I can, I can create their life and and you know I, I was only last night i was i was redoing up uh i do this often i do it with clients like my ideal day or my <laughs> ideal week sorry uh and exactly how it looks and whatnot and then the next thing we found my, my six-year-old has done his ideal day and he's like oh my go, gosh go swimming with daddy you know oh! <laughs> like, which was three o'clock sunday from memory oh, um so yeah it's it's but I think that's a really important one. So this is actually, I said, I'm, I'm speaking at the graduation tomorrow night, right? Wednesday night. 
And I'm talking about habits, behaviors, routines, and I, you know, I teach ideal week planning and things as well, slightly different with the energies, but imagine you had that as a kid, as a tool and that you were given some sort of responsibility and ownership over how you're Okay, cool. You've got to get your, your chores done. You've got to do your homework. Where would you like to do them? When would you like to do them? And like by them taking the ownership on it, how more likely they're going to do it but they're empowered rather than dictated. Yeah. And and there's another, I'll, I'll drop lots of books in, in this chat, but uh, another great book is, uh, I think it's called The, the Conscious Parent. And that was another- Is I've, that Dr. Shefali? Yes, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and that one was another great kind of uh, empowerment, I suppose, or uh, ownership-based book where it just mm. talked about the, your child's behavior, what is triggering you is, is a reflection on you. <laughs> and I, I remember it was something at the time of reading it. Uh, and it was, I was getting frustrated at night quite often, which, you know, they talk about the witching hour and mm -hmm. yes, it is, it is real. <laughs> um, but I remember just being agitated and frustrated because the kids were yelling and they were doing this and doing this. But once again, when I read that book, it made me realize that, well, what, what can I do about this? And I just yeah. remember, cause I, you know, I love what I do in my job and all that. And you know, you've got your, you've got your phones. And I remember I was half still in work mode. I was half in parent mode and I was doing a shit job at both of them. Yeah. Um, and so that book was yeah, really good at actually, again, shining the mirror back on yourself to go, okay, what, what can I do? So I think leadership and, and walking the talk is still the best parenting that you could you can ever do um it's the same monkey see monkey do and it's yeah it's it's crazy and, and you literally see your child's behavior play out in front of you and yeah. you're like oh my god like i've i've kind of created that back to my dog uh <laughs> she she was that was really interesting um she got separation anxiety from me and this is something that i had with my mum, right so you talk about passing passing stuff down I was a mummy's boy. A lot of people would say I still am uh, and really struggled with, with separation with my mum. And this, this grew up into teens even where I, I hated leaving home. I hated staying at other people's houses. I just wanted to be safe and at home. And when I had uh, first got a dog, like I literally created the same yep. thing with my dog. Uh, the cool thing was she still probably has it a, a little bit, but my kids don't. Yeah. Um, so I learned through my through my dog uh, what not to do with my kids, and uh, yes. Yeah, so. Have you ever heard that you can actually pass on your biggest fears through lineage to your children before they're even born? I, I would one hundred percent believe it. Yeah, and yep. they're they, scrolling, but there's a whole study on like kids that have been separated at birth from their family that have the same like absolute death fear of heights or with no reason then that's traced back and it's like yeah because that was a real trigger in the parent when the creation was happening that this got passed on and yeah well we, we my wife and i are having some challenges at the minute with our eldest um Murphy. so let's just say he's well, both beck and i've been athletes our whole life and those that know me know i'm quite competitive <laughs> um and my wife is is the same she's probably can tone it down a little bit more than, than than I do, but we're having real problems with him at the minute. He, he's just an animal. He'll he'll go onto the soccer ground and like, <laughs> if the other team scores a goal, he just flips the lid. Like he's just, and 
I'm confident in saying this, that I don't feel like there's anything we have done as, as parents uh, from a behaviour point of view to pass that on. Yep. But there's some, there's something there that you cannot explain, unconscious energy, what, whatever yep. it is that, you know, and I remember... Yeah, and I remember yeah. doing the same things. Like I could yeah. probably, I was even probably a bit better than him. He's he's like next level. But yeah, it's 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 crazy. And this is what I love about being a parent, other than you just love them to death. But just the learning that you go through is yeah. is pretty epic. Yeah. Um, and I see, I, I'm not a parent as such myself, but I had um, my two sisters from when they were about, I think it was like two and a half, four and a half. Um, through so uh, school high school with little blonde girls great yeah. fun yeah <laughs> um and what I can see that a lot of hindsight of what what could have done better I was only six years older than the six and nine years older but if I look now even with how we work with their kids and the and the reflections how you can apply parenting techniques to team members and staff and vice versa yeah because really it is it is the energy and it, it is still the human interaction. And if we look at kids as just mini humans, right? They've, it's just this reincarnate. They've only been here for a, a little time in this body. Yeah. But if you can level with them and treat them on that level and, and it's more, it really is, I think, more of how you show up and the the difference. We did a little, ex little test um, with my boyfriend's two kids the other day. He's like, they just never get up, go to, go to school on time. They're just a nightmare. I'm like, well, with that attitude, <laughs> that's that's like, he's like, they can't hear you. But if if that's what you're putting out and that's the expectation, then that's what's going to happen. And if you just come at it with a different energy and you set your intention for the morning and you walk out into the common area of the house radiating from that energy and you come down and level with them and you explain to them like what why we need it and you're coming and just come from that energy. Yeah, said, it's amazing. He said to have since that day forward. Wow. Every morning, up, dressed, ready. Yeah. Calm. Like, because you set the intent. It's, yeah, and it's, and for, for a number of people, probably the people that, you know, listen to your podcast or whatnot, they probably get it. But for the average person, sometimes they hear that and go, oh, it's a bit, bit woo woo, a bit yeah. this, but it's, it's science. It's, it's, it's proven that energy transfers and it's, um, you know, it's, I, I feel like it's a new, a new science that over the next 50, 100 years is going to blow people's mind once they actually start, you know, sinking their teeth yeah. into it. Um, but yeah, you totally, it's, they, they feed off it. And from a really young age, like, I mean, probably in the womb, of course, but yeah. uh, once, once they come out, it's, uh, it's incredible when there's stress or when there's different things going on, the, the, the things that show up with, with them. I mean, my wife, she, yeah, with our young daughter so she's what three months old she was in labor and my uh, three-year-old come in and was being like a pain in the ass in the middle of the night screaming and he was demanding a massage or something <laughs> and she she literally stopped her labor stopped because of the stress and and whatnot and the contractions Ooh. went right out and it's like again like so you, you you can't tell me yeah 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 and i mean gee i could talk all day about the uh you know, what happens to the female body through pregnancy and whatnot. Like some of the stuff is just, yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, interesting learning experience for a male. Let's touch on that for a second because with, and this is where we connected as well in terms of, I always say 
the with the business side of things, everyone's like, why are you talking about relationships? And like the energy crosses over and permeates everything. So that's why I say I'm a five-dimensional coach. We work on all areas because they're you can't escape it. No. There's an energy hangover. So let's just talk through the the hus- husband wife um, relationship. You talk about like learning to lean into your masculinity and just just yeah. So into that. yeah, it's I mean it's interesting. It's probably about I, I talked about you know being uh, being a mummy's boy and and um, you know it was, it was probably only a couple of years ago and and this is where the business side of things. Uh, became really interesting for me. And I was reading a, another book at the time called No More Mr. Nice Guy. And uh, it, it talked a lot about how we've built a society of nice guys. Uh, and again, some of this may sound controversial to some people. They're sort of, you know, people get easily triggered when you talk about the masculine and feminine. <laughs> masculine is quite often perceived as like a negative thing. It's like, uh, you know, they talk about toxic masculinity and all this stuff these days. Um, and when I was reading the book, I had this moment where it was, I remember distinctly exactly where I was walking. I remember exact place. I was back in Tassie uh, at the beach, which is where I come up with a lot of magic at the beach. Um, and I remember just literally my life flashing before my eyes going, oh my God, I'm, I'm a nice guy. And the nice guy is about just being a pleaser, yeah. right? And not wanting to, not wanting to upset people. And I think about the amount of times in my business where oh, I knew it was the right decision to make a change, for instance, whether it be, say, if you're in a, in a fitness business, might be changing the timetable or whatever. Oh, no, that's not going to sue that person. Oh, they might get upset. And so the amount of times that I wouldn't make decisions because I was so worried about hurting other people. Yeah. And I'd, I'd live this life of, of uh, you know, not always, but majority, I was, I was a pleaser. And I thought, you know, that that has to stop. Uh, and so... Well, it doesn't allow you to step into your true genius. Like no. If you're, if you're fighting those instincts and those gut responses, then, and just doing it to please, obviously it's going to make you feel yucky and probably manifest in another way as well. But you're not allowing yourself to step into that genius, trust that intuition to yeah. move where you need to go. Yeah, and it was, it was you know, I guess, and to be fair, like I've worked with a lot of males and and the the male of today again i'm talking generally here there's obviously extremes of both ends but like they're indecisive again they want to please there's 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 a lot of stuff around this and i realized i was doing it i was still probably uh i'd say a little bit ahead of the pack if you like uh Mm -hmm. in terms of where i was but nowhere near where where i should be and um i'm gonna say something super controversial don't know why i'm gonna do this coming out (laughs) Here it goes. Hold yourself. Oh, I'm like, oh, fuck, am I really doing this? Um, but I've done a few studies with this, not me doing studies, but being involved. In, um, but that people-pleasing and that aspect has come a lot from and the demasculating in terms of not not the true taking, taking control or being able to make decisions or um, be sharp on it. Come, they track back to having a lot of single mums. Yeah, not having a dad figure or male figure or no, well, that's, role that, model to 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 model. Yeah, and that's exactly what this book talks about. And it's it's uh, I guess if I say say this and you do get triggered listening to it, <laughs> then it's probably time to do some internal work yourself. Yeah. But what they talk about, I think it was around the industrial revolution. Mm. I don't know if you've ever talked about that in your podcast, but yeah. uh, <laughs> the industrial revolution was 
you know, so young boys would go out with their dads and they'd hunt and they'd do masculine things. It's something I've never done that in my life, but uh, they would do that and they'd spend times with other fathers and other 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 boys and and learn masculinity. Yeah. What happened? The industrial revolution came along. The dads would piss off for forty plus hours a week, and so then they would be brought up by their mums and women have done an amazing job and done their best job but what's tended to happen is the father figure's gone so that that masculinity is gone and even if you look today primary school teachers daycare learn to swim everywhere yep. like young boys don't have male role models yeah uh, and so uh what tended to happen is the mums would bring their boys up to be nice boys yeah uh and, and so Again, it's I'm not coming across that this is this is a, a thing against mums raising their boys, but it's more the lack of male presence. Well, this is in where we've got to, this is the key thing we need to recognise. We need both for harmony of, of the world and for growth of well well rounded personalities. Yeah. You need both inputs. Yeah. They they are equal and we need to recognise the differences in it and that is where the gift is. Like when I I say I, I stop playing football because I kept stepping into my masculinity. I grew up, um, my dad was a single dad. He's an ex-merchant Navy sailor and an ex-mercenary. Yeah. Like, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then I went and I'd play football and I was in a male dominated industry. And like, I, like I lived in that masculine, I, because I didn't have any feminine to even model. Mm. And to me, that was like weak. And it's like, people would be like, well, you do that girl like they told me i couldn't have my job at the first recruitment company i worked for the main reason i couldn't have the job was i was a girl that was their reasoning yeah. after 10 interviews and i'm like fuck you i'm gonna run this place within two years i ran the place but it's it's like we need to go everyone boy needs male and female inputs girl needs male and female inputs businesses need masculine and feminine inputs and we need to embrace rather than it's like swing one way swing the other way it's like Okay, if you really looked at it holistically, if you look at the child, if you look at your business as a child, how do you bring them in? And we're actually talking on Michael this morning about the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Do you have a balance? So if, if you've got five people and you, you've got six, do you have a balance or is it completely skewed? Yeah. And in those people, just because they're wearing a meat suit that's feminine doesn't mean they're bringing the feminine energy. Yeah, totally. So how do you... How do you balance that? What's Yeah, I mean, as the saying goes, like proximity is power. And so I guess I guess for me, like when I when I learned this stuff, when I started to I guess be consciously aware of what even is being masculine and you know, again, most people don't really understand what that is. Like no. People, a lot of people have negative associations. Oh, being masculine is oh macho and this sort of yeah, stuff. No, demand it, yeah, and and for me, it's an energy. And for me, mm. I know when I'm at my absolute best, I'm stepping into it. Um, yeah. Another book, Think and Grow Rich. They talk about. I think there's one chapter about um, how a lot of the wealthiest people at that time are writing that book. The most successful business people actually had high sex drive. Yeah, and uh, the way I sort of uh, perceive that, I guess, is it's the same thing. It's probably highly masculine men that know how to use that same energy and put it to good use. Uh, and and like I know for a fact when I'm at my best, I do that. When I waver and I'm, you know, uh, 
going into back for instance, going, oh, what do you think? Should I use this or should I, you know, I'm second guessing myself or needing um, uh, whatever the word is, uh, approval from other people yeah. or whatnot. You're it's, looking for external validation. Exactly right. Looking for mummy's yeah, yeah, yeah. back, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and I know that's when I go, I go yeah. weak. And um, so I think there's something important to, to recognise that there is nothing wrong with going and asking for the opinion and for someone else's advice. It's understanding what your motivator was for that. Yeah. So when you're genuinely like, okay, I've got this problem. Here's my ideas of the solution, but let me let me talk this through. This is what I think. What do you think? Or can I, like, you know better than me. Yeah. But when it's going and seeking approval, seeking external validation, or the ego is wanting you to, like to get the stroke of yes you're right dear yes then and couple that with my my love language is words of affirmation right oh, so, yeah. I, so i like to be told oh, good job jared you know yeah. like, um <laughs> which is another conversation altogether but uh, well i actually apply um and rolling this out with one of my clients i i get all of the team and staff to do love languages yeah so really understanding because if you're going to give recognition understanding how they are and also boundaries for when you're allowed to touch people at work. Yeah. Um, I'm a very touchy person and I've had staff in the past that <laughs> really don't touch, like yeah. freak the fuck out. Um, Probably stroking their leg was a bit too far. Too far, too far. <laughs> Patting him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> I used to actually threaten him as if he didn't, I said, if you don't get your stuff done that you need to get done by the end of the day, this finger is going to touch you right there. And he'd like, nah! I'm like, it's coming. A few years later, he um, actually jumped into an elevator. I hadn't seen him for seven years and ran over and hugged me. And I'm like, this what guy? happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, but really being under understand, like, is it physically a pat on the back when someone does a good job is how they're going to hear the and feel that appreciation? Is it the words of affirmation or like a simple thing? Like I bought you a coffee because you did a great job. Like, the the difference in them uh, receiving and feeling a genuine how genuine that is whether it's you're doing it genuine or not like yeah and i think massive i think uh you touched on it before when people sort of go oh, oh like if it's business oh why we why we talk about relationships like well business is relationships you've got staff you've got clients you know you've got um your network of people whatever it is it's like understanding that and that was something that you know we lost lost a lot of staff members over the years, and look, that's what happens in business. But uh, if I look back on it, there are no doubt there's times where it probably was they didn't. They, ultimately, when clients leave, a lot of times it's they don't feel loved. Yeah. Uh, when staff leave, they don't feel loved, and so it's understanding well what actually makes them feel loved. Uh, we were used to my brother and I just go, oh, well, maybe we'll just pay them more. Yeah. <laughs> you know that was kind of like yeah, th then they'll be happy. Because that's something probably we would have enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, but projecting your own. You that. Yeah, that's right. Projecting your own. I left because of more money. Like where. Yeah, deep down. They, that's they don't want to tell you. I left because you didn't love me and you don't yeah. give me any attention. And now I sound like a needy whiny bitch. So yeah, it's because it, there was exactly. more money. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one other thing you mentioned before that I probably didn't answer. You talked about uh, my wife, and I think it's under. And this is coming from a masculine male perspective. Is is understanding the feminine and I I also when I say use my wife I, I trust you know what I mean here but uh, I know when I'm not being my best because I can sense that through her energy and now the feminine will show it in weird kind of crazy ways that the masculine doesn't quite understand you're like well, why the, why is she doing that why is she why is she behaving that way why is she withdrawing why is she not talking or whatever it is and and 
relating it back to the extreme ownership again, if I sort of look back and go, there's always something, you know, I, I can pretend that like, oh, she's just in a mood or whatever it is, but there's, there's usually always something where I go, oh, and this is the superpower of the feminine being able to use that is that, uh, and my wife has uh, very fair, but really high expectations of me. And I love that because it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a pathetic male that just coasts through life. You know, I, I want someone to hold me to a high standard. Like I said, not, she's not holding me to a standard that's um, unrealistic. unrealistic or anything, yeah. but it's like, I, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, a fat piece of shit that sits on the couch all day yeah. and plays video games and, um, you know, doesn't do anything for himself. So understanding both those is like, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a game changer for me and, like I've said a few times now, it's it's kind of liberating when you do start to understand. I don't think I'll ever quite fully work out the, <laughs> the feminine take yeah. it on, but um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's taking the time to to actually learn a little bit and and looking at where you're at course. Like then you can like I take extreme ownership over um, my marriage, like where I could have done better in, in the marriage that I was in. Would it have? N- maybe led to a different outcome, who knows? But if I knew love languages in advance and knew that his primary love language was quality time and gifts, and mine is physical touch and words of affirmation, yeah. and we're on both opposite ends of the spectrum. And I'm like running running a startup, training 38 hours a week for football and helping launch the football league. Yeah. I'm probably not around a lot. Yeah. And then when I am home, it's not really quality because I'm a bit broken. Yeah. So then he starts being mean to me and uses his words and I am words of affirmation. And then I'm like, we well, are on our cell and going back to play more football. Yeah. You want me to play another game this week? Sure. Right. <laughs> and, and, and that's where like, if you look at that, the behavior that, that most adults carry on with, with that sort of stuff, it, we're little kids. We're just being little kids that have sort of grown up into these adult bodies. And uh, I've just read the, the children's version that was gifted to me from some friends with our new, new child. And, um, I, I've just read that and yeah, it's, it's, it's just so funny that it's, you see adult behavior like that, but it really is just little kids that aren't conscious or haven't learned no. or, or whatever it is. And like, I um, was totally unconscious with that. I was like, yeah. you be mean to me and say horrible things. I'm going outside more. Yeah. Oh wait, the outside more is what caused you to do the mean things. <laughs> yes. Damn it. Yeah. So yeah, under, understanding that and, and doing it with kids is I think hugely yeah. important as early how, how early do they say you can recognize it with uh well i know my six-year-old like 100 percent quality time yeah and, and it's like when you when you read it and it's just like when they come and say oh daddy can you come and do this and don't get me wrong it's annoying as shit sometimes where you're just like you know you're in the middle of something you're doing it but then when you actually listen and break it down just to say what he's saying is daddy can you show me love yeah, you know, I need connection. That's right. And so he's he's I need recognition. He's saying gifts may be in there for him, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if he's sort of manipulating that a little bit. <laughs> he's a very smart kid. Um and I feel like our three-year-old, I feel like he could be a words of affirmation at this mm-hmm. point, but it's what they say in the book is is test it out for a week, do like really uh, go hard with each one and just yeah. sort of see what they what respond results. to. But um he sort of he expresses his love, like he'll he'll yeah. say things uh, in that way. But yeah, at the end of the day, you want to give them all of them. But yeah, uh, but yeah, I th- I think from a well, probably from two or three, you would start to see some sort of yeah. signs. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's something with the staff. If you usually they keep their 
verbally or that their behavior is communicating like how they like to be received so you can start picking up cues are they a touchy person are they are they giving positive feedback to other people are they bringing people got like what are they doing but i just i think straight out do the tests with any of the any of the team members and explain why because they will be like why do we need the love languages what that's super weird like What's going on there? Sorry, I'm getting rid of notifications off my screen because I'm like, OCD, I can't deal with it. Um, <laughs> on the side, so, um, so let's just uh, switch gears into your uh, habits and behaviors and routines because we, we mentioned that and about your, you told it. me you're living your dream life right now and it's because you made a conscious decision to live that dream life. But you don't just go, I'm being conscious and I decide and then the world manifests and it just lands in your lap. Like... Yeah, a it's, bit, it's, but... <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the, the first step is knowing what you want. You don't need to know how. You got to forget the how. And yeah. I only did this in a training the other day. It's like, know what you want, forget the how. Because what most people's mind do, does is go, oh, well, I want this. Oh, yeah, but I can't because, you know, I yeah. don't know how to get enough clients here. And oh, I'll just settle for, you know, this, this yeah. here. Um, like if you know the what by when, the who and the how can show up. Yeah. And often the, the exactly. how is the who. <laughs> exactly. And so when I first uh, did this exercise, for me, it was it was part of the catalyst of actually me moving from Tasmania to, to the Gold Coast was I would, I would write the dream starts my morning. And like I, when I was sort of uh, sending you some information the other day, it actually gave me goosebumps because I was like, shit, I, I literally am living my dream life right now. Um, yes, I've got a long way to go in my business. Yes, I want to, you know, expand and grow in all, all areas. But, um, you know, I, I remember I would write the start of my day is like well, I would get up and I will go to the beach. It'll be like 25 degrees. I'll meditate. I'll go for a swim. I'll, you know, maybe do some exercise. I'll do all this. It's like exactly what I did this morning. But when I was living in Tassie, there was just this thing. It was like, it ain't ever going to be 25 degrees at 6am in the morning. And, and it was funny, but this thing sort of lingered and I'm like, that's, that's what I want. I want, I want warmth. And so, yeah, I I guess identifying that uh, is, is a starting, starting point. I think a lot of the time with people that I've worked with that don't seem to get where they want to go is they don't have the clarity around the end goal yeah it's all means goals like i want a ferrari i want this they're not thinking about what's the actual end feeling and what's the end result um to get there and then it's and then it's hinging on either specific people or or tangible objects rather than the actual emotion and the feeling yeah and when you can get paint that picture clear and you're you've basically you've put it out to the universe of this what's going to deliver then the blinkers come off on on how that could manifest for you how that could turn into reality things that you wouldn't have seen if you were so rigid on um not vanity metric but but items or yeah yeah shiny objects shiny objects um and getting that clarity and i found with a group of my clients recently especially due to the situation that's been going on the world they felt bad about dreaming or they they lost their ability to dream bigger yeah and look at that, really sit into that future vision. And and if you strip away the things that are bought with money and go to the lifestyle, because everything you just said then would, does, requires fuck all money. Oh, exactly. And I was only thinking that as you're saying, it's like, for me, uh, I'd always wanted to be a dad. I always want to have kids, but I just like, I love sport. Like I love 
exercise. I love being healthy. Uh, and, and so it was always about just doing what I want. Now, don't get me wrong, I love travel and I, I love all those things. I'm not a massive car person or anything like that, but it's, it's for me, it's, it's lifestyle. And yeah, there's just, like I said, identifying it to start with. And what you'll probably realize I know when I do this with clients is they're actually a lot closer to it than what you realize, Yeah. you know, and it, and it doesn't take that much, you know, in terms of like, for me, we're going to the beach. I went to the beach at 5am this morning. I, it was the most beautiful morning. It was, it was 26 stunning. degrees. Um, I went for a, just in a swimsuit. Yeah, I read, read a book. I went for a swim. I did some meditation. Then I went to the gym, sort of scratched that itch. Um, came home, the kids had just woken up, um, mess around with them for a little bit, take, take them to school, bang, then I jump into work of something that I freaking love. What do you say to the people that say, I don't have time for that? I've got kids, I don't have time for that. Well, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I would say is, well, maybe maybe not now, but well, we've all got time, it's, that's a story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, well, what are you gonna do about it? Like, yeah. uh, anyone can do, uh, what I've done. We've all got the same hours in the day as Beyonce. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. there, there literally is 168 yeah. hours in the week. So it's what, what you do in there is is it's your choice. Well, this yeah. I was literally I, I teased it out because this is what I was talking about on my coaching call this morning. Was like, oh, I don't have time to read a book. Do you drive your vehicle anywhere? Do you have a shower? Do you do anything around the house? <laughs> Are yeah. you because you don't need to physically read the book. Um, I'll be listening to Zig Ziglar, an automobile university 20 years ago. And you, if you want to find the time to learn something or you want to find the time to do something, it's just about reallocating the time. Oh, and it's, it's priorities. Getting up earlier. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying, I'm sure your wife's extremely sleep deprived. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's actually... It's not. Well, both our boys, just as a, a side note, they were awful sleepers. So we, we got smashed with our first two children. And third time lucky with Cleo. So she slept 14 hours last night from five. This is this is a PB, but 14, five, five till uh, 5 p.m. till 7 a.m. And she was up once at about five. Beck gave her a quick feed or whatever. She's like epic. But anyway, yep, wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did, you, did you do some learnings from the first two that you're applying? I, I don't or know. You're well, meditating on this. Well, you we could talk out? about energy because I said to Beck the whole way through, I said, no, she's going to be a sleeper. She's going to be a sleeper. She's going to be a sleeper. It's like it's third time lucky. It's going yep. to happen. Whether I cause that or not, I don't know. Let's well, just let's, let's go, just go with, with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but so so I do get that there is parents out there severely sleeping yeah, and that that is a thing. Um, but my 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 beautiful sister's just about to launch her business and she's got two very full on little wildlings. They're amazing, super alert. They don't do TV. They don't do sugar. They don't do like. And she does all conscious play. So she's like on onto it. Yeah. All like means she's on all the time. And she's still trying to find time. It's like, okay, well, what do you need to do to work with your partner to allocate who's going to do night jobs or day jobs? Or what are you willing, it's price of admission, what are you willing to sacrifice to, to gain it? How much do you want it, right? You don't have time to go to the beach. If you're not having to actually be up feeding the babies, then get up an hour earlier. Yeah. Like if you want, if that's the lifestyle that you want and if you want to own the day and set yourself up and have some me time, then... Get up an hour earlier. That's why yeah, I started I think, club. I think with parents is like, there's no doubt there's a window where, especially with newborns, like where 
you do lose control a bit. You know, I'm all for like take ownership and take responsibility, but there's no doubt there is that period where you just got to surrender a little yeah. bit. Uh, in saying that, it's always the case, and this goes whether you got a newborn or you're, you know, a single 22 year old or whatever. Identify what you want, and uh, you know what what what's most important. Most people do what's urgent. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, it's stuff that's, yeah, that's, that's not important. And they live in reaction as opposed to going, well, if I want to be healthy, for instance, what's the things I need to do? Well, mm. I need to start going for a walk. Uh, well, you know, do that first. Yeah. Like, like schedule and prioritize that first, not, oh, well, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. As, as soon as you identify something you want, your brain, the, uh, it's called reticular activating system will yep. literally, it will start filtering out stuff that's not relevant. Yep. filter stuff that's in and you'll, you'll find a way to make it happen and be resourceful. If you say, I can't, it's too hard. I want your yep. brain literally shuts like, off. Yep. With that attitude it is. Yeah. And I think it's also about combining, like if it's like, Oh, I don't have time to go for a walk. Well, why is that? I've got to make all these calls. Okay. You got an iPhone, got a camera off you go. Yeah. Got a pair of headphones. Yeah. Um, like really looking at, okay, how can I hack this? How can I combine things? Like, what can I do to, like, for me, best place for me to um, speak to my team and my assistant is when I'm driving places because then she's got my undivided attention. Yeah. Right, okay, that's the time. We know that that's when we're going to schedule the meetings. And then I'm not losing an hour, two hours out of my day or sometimes three hours out of a week where I'm sitting with her going through show notes for podcasts or whatever that I can be multitasking it. Yeah. Now, I don't, I'm not, and, of course, you don't use your phone while you're driving. Um, no. As- <laughs> No. Well, she can talk to me. Yeah. She talks to me back. What, what I was uh, going to say with that is like from a parent's perspective as well, like what I used to do when our boys were really young, when they were, you know, up four or five times a night for their first 12 months and beyond, um, I would get up for the early shift. It might be 5am or something, get them in the pram and I'll do my personal development while I'm doing it. Now, again, yeah. I know that's not rocket science, but that's a perfect example of what you're talking about is just find... But ways. you'd be surprised that, I don't want to seem horrible, but people are just being conditioned and I think they're fucking lazy yeah. and they haven't been taught how to think or how to hack. Yeah. Right? And they think they've just got to go for a walk and or they're, they're scrolling on Instagram or Facebook rather yeah. than... Well, we had a guy on our mastermind the other day that was he was walking while he was on the call. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that was epic. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, so you can, if you if you train your brain to look for other ways to like, I'm not big on, I don't think you should multitask, multitask, you should do deep no, work, you dumb. but it makes you dumb and it makes you slow so, down, but you, you can shower and listen to something Yes. and you can walk on the beach and listen to something yeah. or there is different things that you can do that is okay to combine. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> um, is there any particular books that you've read on habits or how do you, how did you Lots. create yours? Yeah. So I, my, I lost my virginity, if you like, on uh, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. Oh, I don't know um, that one. You know, I know him as an author, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that book is just epic. It was so good. And then the next one I read was the slight edge. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. And I must admit, when I read that, I'm like, hang on, who's copied who here? Because they, they were very similar, but but a different. <laughs> we were just having a talk yeah, about yeah. that before. There's no original thought. No, but <laughs> but a, a different way of doing it. And then the most recent one is um, Atomic Habits. Is another yeah. one that's come out, and they're all the same thing. And it's all really about just 
like doing the it doesn't success doesn't come overnight yeah it's just about what's that one habit and this is what they talk about the compound effect what's yeah. the one habit that if you repeat it daily yeah. day after day week after week month year you know five years ten years that's going to result in you know gigantic success yeah. um I, I give the example of like say for instance if it was uh the chocolate cake comes out and if we live together and you say yes and i say no in that moment i get jack shit. i miss out i don't get the taste of the warm chocolate and you know that gratification the instant gratification that you get um you get all that right so you you kind of win in that moment does it affect your health in any way negatively that one off no like all right you might have a slight spike in in glucose or whatever but it's like nothing so you get all the gratification i get nothing i miss out now let's say the same thing happens the next night the chocolate comes out and you say yes i say no by the way i love chocolate i'm not saying you should never eat chocolate um but if that habit you know continues day after day week after week you look after maybe even six months there's probably not going to be a lot of results difference between you or i but if you add it over a year two years five years all of a sudden you can start to see how different things could look potentially for you you could either um you know and that look i'm i'm kind of using one small example yeah. obviously there probably need to be more to it but you can sort of see how blood sugars would increase you would put on weight mm. you would feel more tired you, you'd go and exercise less yeah. and it just the compound goes on versus me who's saying no i've built the muscle of saying no uh, and i win and it becomes so much easier yes it's, like, it's, it's it no different to compound interest. Yeah. You know, it's, it's exactly the same principle. It's, um, it's just one small, tiny, small habits. It's so funny because literally this is what my coaching call was about this morning. Um, it was unscripted. I just, it ended up being that. Yeah. And it was about, we call it habit stacking. Yeah. And it's like, if and owning the day. So if you start the morning with a habit and a routine, like the, the psychology, have you read Own the Day by Aubrey Marcus? No, I don't think I have. I'm definitely familiar my, with it. My podcast listeners will he hear about this all the time. Anyway, but the the psychology of, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you've, you, you've hit snooze three times and then you're running late and then you shouldn't all over yourself because you're like, I should have got up earlier and I should have done the dishes before I went to bed because now I can't make breakfast and there's shit everywhere and I yeah. should have washed my clothes and I should have done this and you're an idiot and you're lazy and the negative self-chatter in your head's already got you down. How the hell... Are you going to perform yeah. for your day? Whereas if you go, you know what? I don't hit the snooze alarm because there's a whole thing about the circadian rhythms and, you know, what happens when you drop into sleep yeah, for 10 minutes and yep. <laughs> like the causing of the brain fog. We'll leave that one for later. Yes. But the you've already told yourself you're a winner. You kind of, let's be honest, whenever we get out of bed straight away without hitting the snooze, you do give yourself that little bit of a, yeah, yeah you're, you're the man. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I don't know where I heard this, but, they were talking about what's the what's the number one thing that you should do to start start your day to to have a productive day. Uh, I can't remember if it was more a military based mm -hmm. thing. You know how there's a lot of uh, a lot of books and stuff from SAS mm -hmm. or whatever they're called. Um, and they said make your bed. Yep. And if you think about it, it's like making a bed really doesn't do. Jack shit, it's hard for me because my wife's always still in it. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have been known to make my side while she's still in it. But um, 
if you think about what that is, it's not the actual making of the bed. It's the habit of getting up and winning and going, boom, I've done yep. that. Uh, yeah. I literally was talking about that this morning. So I say, I, my, my thing is I get up at five um, when, and I've got to go back to it because I did fall off the rails for a little bit and it really impacted me. But up at five, straight up, make the bed. Before I even come out to check the surf running, make the bed. And for me, a bit OCD as well, but it tells me I'm in, like it's telling my psychology I'm a neat, organized person who cares yeah. about my environment. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but when I go in at night, that's my sanctuary. And if it looks like a shit fight, yeah. and then I'm reminded that I'm lazy, I should have done this, that's the chaos, where's my pillowcase? Then now I'm going to bed with negative talk about how it was. And, and even... Again, it's all energy. It's like if you if you visually see something that's a mess, you feel chaotic and you feel messy. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, I'm I'm uh, for those close to me know that I'm really OCD. Like I I love so that, neat that and tidy. notification's telling you too because it's killing me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I say the same, and I teach a lot of people actually about uh, being minimalist. And mm-hmm. and by minimalist, I think the concept from a business perspective is that if you've got shit laying around everywhere in your office for instance mm. it's like you think about it, your, your brain has to process everything that's around you yeah. and so too much um, yeah if you if you've got yeah if you've got bills here and Ooh. something else here and stuff sprayed everywhere so you cannot possibly be yeah. uh, as efficient and so i i mean yeah maybe there is some psychological issues with me with this one but i i remember at a point where if my room is really really messy it would affect my sleep Oh. Where, where I'll be like, again, because it's a trigger, like, oh, I've got to clean that up. Yeah. Um, now, for people that probably aren't OCD, they go, yeah, okay, you got a problem. I'll, I'll own that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I actually tested this on staff. So I had um awesome Scottish guy came from Glasgow. We called him Ouija. Um, so Ouija's desk had just turned into an absolute disaster during the week. And so we used to have an appointment booked on Fridays at 3 p.m., where I'd turn up with a beer at his desk and I'd get my arm and I'd push all the shit onto the floor and I'd grab all the post notes and then we'd decide what went back. Yeah. So that he could start the week clear. Because otherwise you'd see him freaking out and fussing around his desk, can't find this, can't find that. And like his brain jumping, like he used to sit in front of me. So literally his brain jumping going, oh, I need to do that, oh, I need to do that, oh, I need to do that. And the anxiety is rising because he can see all these things that he should, should do, need to do. What's the priority? Where should it go? Oh, crap, when I write that phone number down? And a lot of people, I don't know if you've heard this, but I hear a lot of people that that are like that that will say, "Oh no, it's okay. Oh, I know where everything is. It's like organized chaos." But it's it's this is yes, science. It's there. Yeah, yeah. You know it, where it is. It's there somewhere. <laughs> it's 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 understanding. Uh, there's a thing called decision fatigue, and it's yep. probably aligned with that somewhere. That if if you've got crap everywhere, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's your your you, your brain's constantly. Uh, processing what what do I do now? What do I do yeah. next? And I know for myself, if I reach threshold in a day, uh, like I'm hopeless. I'm yeah. gone. I, I'm all the creativity's gone, um, and yeah, I, I I'm I'm done. So yeah, I, I don't even know how we got onto being neat and tidy. Well, <laughs> uh, starting the day, that. I think. And habits. Yeah, but habits. For me, I I literally I can't if if I'm feeling overwhelmed, and I just have to clear the desk. I have to clean the stuff. I need to have everything neat so that it's like, okay, I've, I've opened my mind, I've cleared the slate and this is, I can focus on this now. Cause otherwise it's, it is too many inputs coming in. Yeah. Um, and that's the psychology of yeah, making the bed. Like 
yes, it's the one of I owned it. I'm, I'm a winner. I'm. You're telling yourself you're not lazy. You're proactive. It takes like a, how long does it take to make your bed? Yeah. Like really, I've got I think nine pillows on my bed. I still have that thing made in less than that, thirty that seconds. Is, that's such a female thing. As it a side is note, very, <laughs> I, I think I've been a post about this one. So what is it with chicks and pillows? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. Um, but they're pretty <laughs> and they look lovely, and I feel like I've done a good job. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then it's like, okay, well, what's the next thing? Is it put on the kettle, or is it, for me, I don't drink enough water, so my next thing has to be I don't do anything else so I drink my water because otherwise the water won't get drunk for the day so you're not allowed to have and then the consequences not allowed to have you coffee. Add, add that to your habit of the morning do you yeah that's in my habit in the morning so okay. I come out of the room and I grab my I leave my glass crystal glass on the edge of the counter now okay. so I see it and I drink it yeah then I kind of forget for the rest of the day, but that's yeah. the next habits. Make it visible. Make it visible. Yeah. So thinking about, and this is what I got my guys to do today. It's like, okay, what's going to be the routine for this week? How are you going to own the day so that you can own the week? What's going to set you up to fill your cup? What and what are you going to trade? So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak, to to set yourself up to have that winning psychology, ready to kill it, and give yourself the energy. And if that goes, okay, I'm going to get up at five a.m. Then I have to be in bed at ten. I'm terrible because if I, I even if I went to bed at four, I get up at five. Um, don't recommend that. See, I, I I start with sleep. Like for me, it's like when it comes to planning an ideal day, like I start with sleep. Sleep's yep. I think uh, it's up there with one of the most underrated parts of health, if you like. Yeah. Uh, where you know it's like I'll sleep when I'm dead kind of mindset, and it's something that I've I've I don't know I've never never ever being someone that's stayed up to one working. I just I just physically can't do it yeah. and I don't want to do it. Um, but I start with my sleep and say, what what is it that I need? I know I need about seven and a half hours usually and I'll, I'll wake up and I'm, I'm supercharged. But if I'm not, especially with kids, uh, especially with running a business, if you're not, if you're that 5% off, it, it destroys you. So for me, it's like, how many hours sleep do I want? When do I want to get up? And work back from that. Yeah, and, um, reverse engineer from that. Yeah. Now, if you're used to going to bed at midnight and you go, okay, I'm going to start tonight and I'm going to go to bed at eight thirty, <laughs> that ain't going to work. You know, maybe 15, 30 minute increments or something. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I had a uh, a client in Europe, and we've travelled the world a lot together, so we're used to being on different time zones. And she had a really big problem with she'd gone back during COVID to Europe and the time zones, and she couldn't get herself out of like two AMs, and it was affecting everything else. And so, yeah, we implemented half an hour every day going going backwards and then tacking that onto the wake-up cycle. Yeah. And so it shifted. And within the six weeks, we got her in bed at 11 and up at 6. Yeah. And just firing on all cylinders. Just oh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's one of these things nature provides us. It's just that natural rest to, it's like plugging your phone into yeah. the charger and, and it just makes us such a difference. And trust me, uh, and for anyone who's a parent who's <laughs> been through that sleep deprivation phase, I mean, like I said, with both our first kids, it was like three, four times a night for a year yeah. and you just feel like absolute rubbish. Um, so now it's just like, yeah, it's everything too yeah. because I, <laughs> I had it taken away. As they say, you don't know what, what right, you've got yeah. until it's gone. Until it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so in terms of habits for killing it at work. So we talk about morning routines and things like that. What other things do you recommend business owners build as either habit, behavior or routine to set them up for peak performance in business? Yeah, well, I guess it depends on what business you're in. Obviously, there's probably going to be a broad range of listeners. So 
uh, there's probably no point in me getting too specific, but what I would say is it's it's the same same thing as health, relationships, whatever it is. You know, you pick your three to five things that are the most important. So, and by important, like we talk about important and urgent, most people I think get delusional with what is actually important. It's like, if you're in the game of making sales, well, what are the things you need to do to make sales, you know, and make those, make those your habits, prioritize those first. Cause it's very easy to go, Oh, I'm working on my business cards. I'm working on my logo. I'm working on my website. And I, you would have heard them all. I hear them all. How I've been guilty of doing them myself. Yeah. Um, that I still don't have a website. Yeah, no, I and do. I've been it's three really logos. bad, so don't go to it. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so I think it's it's knowing what that is for you and your business, and and like literally looking the tiger in the eye and going, okay, what what's my key revenue generating activity that I need to do uh, in terms of habits? Like, uh, there's a great saying which would have come from one of those books: is make good habits easy, make bad habits hard. Yep. And so whatever, whatever that habit is, like make it easy. For me, one of the uh, things I've struggled with of late is just writing content for social media. It's just yeah. something, for some reason, um, I was in an amazing groove and now it's sort of like oh, a bit, bit wishy-washy. So it's knowing when uh, when to do it as well yeah. is, is important, like the, the time and, and scheduling. Oh, it. For me, I... it's morning. Like if I, if I go, oh yeah, I'm four o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to do my you know, creative content, it's like, it's going to be a bad post. Um, so yeah, what I'd say is know the key, it might only be two or three things, I don't know, but know those key things and and prioritize those first. Um, and I yeah. think understanding where, where the resistance is when you go to do it, like for me, writing copy for social media, writing content, A, I say public writing used to be my biggest fear due to a programming I've been given. And I'm dyslexic, so yep. then I get fucking frustrated that I can't spell a word, and then I have to reach for my phone and ask Siri to spell it, and that just annoys me. And, <laughs> and she, and doesn't, she doesn't, doesn't understand, understand what, what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, ah. Um, but I also I had this belief that doing stuff on social media was not real work, and that it was taking the piss, and that's so I had this real block of trying to do it in work time. So then I try and do it outside of work time which would then eat into other time, which was also destructive and late and not the best work. And then when I sat into it and went, oh, when do I actually pump out my best stuff? Either in the morning while I'm checking, like doing the sunrise and I'm inspired, I've just listened to something and if I just punch it out and then give it to the give it to my copy unicorn to make it do the things yeah, and yeah. put commas where they live. Yep. And the other time that was epic for me was like on a, <laughs> like on a Friday, on a, a Saturday or Sunday afternoon with a beer just before sunset. Yeah. And just before I was going to go for a skate. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, oh yeah, because I'm just taking my time and this is like cool. And so understanding what what is your excuse for your procrastination and or what is your underlying belief that may be either preventing it from happening. So that goes with so many things, right? Don't want to do your sales calls, recognizing where, where's the resistance point. And how can you yeah how can you overcome that so that you can push forward so then you look at your habit stack and you go well if i know i'm gonna to have to make sales calls i'm gonna to listen to someone that pumps me up let me get me some gary v in the morning yeah um and i think what what a lot of people do as well and again I've, I've, we've all been guilty of this sort of stuff is 
uh, and I, I actually associate this a little bit with my OCD. Sometimes it's like once I, I get everything tidied up or I get everything cleaned yeah. or once I get once I get all these jobs out of the way, then I'll get to the important thing. Yeah. But guess what? That shit doesn't go. It's always there because you get rid of it, and especially if you've got kids. I was if, so if, freaked out when you said you were coming in 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, my house is a mess. <laughs> um, it's very messy. Was I 12, by the way? I said 12. 12. I think 12, yeah. Um, Gave myself two But, minutes. yeah, that stuff never goes away. And so that's why you have to do those first things first. And the weird kind of thing is when you do that and when you live in that space where you are, I would say, living proactively rather than reactively, that other stuff just it goes away it's and it and it's, the noise of it quietens down and you learn to sort of just go, who cares? It's, it's, yeah. it's not important. Um, well, or just know that that's like for me, I know that that's the thing for me and I can't operate as sharp if it, if things are a mess. So I know the dishes have to be done before I go to bed. Yeah. Or it's got to be part of my morning routine because I can't have like my the desk needs to be sorted out before I go to bed. The stuff needs to be done because otherwise that is going to compound and, and knock on. So take the time, recognize it, and work and work it. it into your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Six thirty p.m. is my clean up tidy time. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> the desk is sorted. But that can be your that can be a bit of the um, wind down routines. Do you do anything about like week that like your work wind downs or anything? Yeah. I need so, help. Help Okay. Me. So, so it's really interesting because you obviously work in your home and, and I would guess you'd have a lot of listeners that would do yeah, the same thing. I'm on my and, and so uh, a, a previous coach I had years ago, he talked to me about transition time. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you think of metaphorically that you're wearing the different hats, right? I've got my business hat on. Mm-hmm. And if you're working at home, like for me, it's not like I can just walk out of the door of my office and go, oh, here I am, I'm a present husband. And I'm, oh, how's your day, honey? Like, tell me exactly, yeah. you know, it doesn't work like that. Like you walk out and your brain's still, uh, yeah, still still on on thing. And then you're, oh, hang on, I need to do this. So and you then, duck back in. And it's just there. That's right. And so uh, I certainly don't do this overly well. So this is kind of do as I say, not as I do right at this minute. But uh, having transition time, whether it's just go, right, uh, for me as an athlete, this is what really was helpful is it would be 4.30 in the afternoon, for instance. Um, you know, I'm surf lifesaver, I've been in my whole life. It would be a lot of times I'd hit the ocean. And it's the best mental cleanse where you've gone from work, you get out in the ocean, you come back and you just feel so much calmer. Now, you don't need to go out and, you know, this is probably a very Aussie saying, but flog your guts for an hour or so yeah. to, uh, to have that. It could be simple as uh, go for a 10-minute walk um have a shower i don't know something that's that's that and leave your work in your in your work they talk a lot about that with sleeping as well people who do stuff in their bedroom other than sleep and the other thing that most people do in their bedroom right they're the only things you should do but if you're taking work in there it it, it affects you and so um yeah i don't know if that helps but yeah that, that energy does um radiate through um i had something else i was gonna ask you about on that two seconds oh have you heard of the book called the third space third space no i haven't read it yet it's another um, one i'll write down yeah well it's a it's a similar thing it's like what's that space that you go to that's not work not home that allows you to transition mm. and um i think i might have talked about this on a podcast before um but super important for parents that are bringing up kids whether they're the, it's the male or the female but who has the primary caregiver if their primary caregiving is also at home they don't have, they don't, sometimes they don't even have a second something to take their brain to. They might be just parent all the time. Yeah. 
that's going to get exhausting and fatiguing and boring and like draining. Well, if you're, if you're say in, in my space where I talk to a lot of clients and they, there's a lot of emotion that goes into it, right? And they're tell, telling you all this stuff. And if you just sort of like finish a big day of that and then you waltz into the home and the kids are running at you and your wife wants to tell you, get all her, I think it's 14,000 words or whatever it is that, that you know, they want to tell <laughs> it you. It hasn't been used all day. Yeah. That's right. And, and or you just want like, I just want cave time, right? I yeah. just want to get away from it. And so- and, manage- and, they're, and they're like, but I've been in my cave all day and I haven't got to talk to that- an adult and I need to get all these words out of help. Yeah, so it's, so it's, it's, it's managing that is- yeah, I mean that's part of life's challenges and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, understanding it and understanding how it works, and like I said, that transition time. And for me, nothing is better than exercise. Yeah. Um. You know, getting out, breathing, just letting your brain unwind. Like I, I always have found exercise is one of the best meditations, if you like. Yeah. Uh, for myself and some of my best ideas come from going for a run or something like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, okay, I'm conscious that that we're a little over time. That's okay. <laughs> um, what's what's one? What would be one key thing that you'd like to leave the listeners with today? Oh, that's one key thing. Well, hopefully, okay, I've you get, can have three. So. I, hopefully, I've given you a few key things. Uh, I guess probably the theme overall that we've talked about is just just believing that you can live the life that you want you know it's it's very possible but you need to you need to see it first you need to know that and nothing beats old school pen and paper down on a beach somewhere quiet just get away and just start writing and i guess just just to see where that takes you and um you know think about i think you said it jade was think about the feelings that you want and you know for myself I'd be really pissed if I died at the age I am right now. But I know for a fact, if I did, that everyone that I love knows that they're loved by me. I know that I'm loved by all those people. I've lived a frigging great life. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I want. Um, that to me is the most important thing uh, to have. It's like, okay, don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with making a million dollars a year. There's nothing wrong with traveling first class or having your own plane or, or whatever it is. But uh, I think it's, it's just knowing that uh, I think there's an exercise they do in uh, Seven Habits Highly Effective People is imagine they do this visualization process and, and it turns out that you're at your own funeral. Yeah. You know, what do you want the people to say about you? What what accomplishments? Yeah, what legacy? Yeah. What do you want have done? And it's like life's too short to just go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a while. Yeah. Like, no, do it now. So I guess, yeah, as I said, it's a, it's a big passion of mine is – uh, we, we only get one chance at life on earth as we, as, as we know it. I say um, you only get, you only get one go in this meat suit on this timeline. So yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. Don't, don't, as, as they say in, uh, so with the Millers and with the tattoo, no regrets, uh, <laughs> no regrets. And just, yeah, just go out there yeah. and, and make it happen. I'd say with that, the, you said you read atomic habits. Yeah. So um, I, what I love in that is, is going, okay, who did, to, to be the person that has these visions, that actually has this lifestyle, who do I have to become? What's the habits, behaviors, and routines? What's the character traits I have to exude and embody to actually have that? So if you want to be the person that does that, what do you need to do now to start working towards it? Like an athlete doesn't become an athlete without doing the discipline and doing their habits every day 
to get where that is. They don't just go, oh yeah, I decided I want to do that. And yeah, and it's known as uh, what an overnight sensation. You hear it. Um, yeah. Oh, music's a bit weird and different these days with the commercialization of it but but you know amazing musicians like um you know i remember hearing stories of uh like uh, eric clapton or paul mccartney oh. or some of these guys that like you know they're in their shed playing their guitar for probably 10 hours a day for yeah. you know decades you know and and then all of a sudden they're oh these overnight hit yeah no it's like they've done their time yeah um yeah, so I'm not saying, by the way, that you need to be doing 10 hours a day of no. stuff like that, but it's 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 just the small little things. Yeah, and it's that dedication because they'll have a habit of, okay, I play the I play this amount of times per day. I yeah. put in the work yeah. if that's the person I'm going to be. Yeah. And if I want to be that person, I need to start now. And, and how do I start embodying that to, to show up? Mm, absolutely. Awesome. Well, where can people consume more of you? Not on your website. Uh, don't go to my website. No, it's probably ugly. probably just go uh, my Instagram, Jared underscore Wiseman, which is J A R E D, uh, or hit me up on Facebook, is under the same same thing. Yeah, we can Beautiful. we can connect there. We'll put all the links in the show notes, um, and obviously any of the profiles that you're on will be tagged. So just pop by, say hi. Um, be really super cool if you could tell Jared what was the number one thing that you took out and decided to implement from the show. Um, actually, I'd love that. I'd love it if people would actually start commenting. What is it that you took? What was your what was your trigger point? Would it be an even funner one? Yeah. Where, where did you get really yeah. pissed off at us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. What did we say? To and what are you going to do about it? <laughs> yeah. um, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for literally coming by. No worries, Jade. It's been um, fun. I feel like we could have talked for ages, and maybe we have to do a second yeah, show yeah. and this delve is part into one. Let's just say that part yeah. one because there's many topics we want to dive in. We didn't even really talk about you as an athlete. So no, much, we didn't talk about the ocean much either. We didn't talk about the ocean at all. We just yeah. showed it. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll get some of your bio. We'll put it into the notes as well so that people can get a bit of the juice that we didn't cover today. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Bye all. Have a wonderful day. Hey there, Barrel Chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.